of the cantina hangouts this is a waffle press show this podcast channel uh a series about the mandalorian on disney plus we'll be coming back week after week talking about the adventures of the mandalorian and spoiler alert for those that didn't watch the first episode and just tuning in a little yoda baby it's, mm-hmm. it's lone wolf and cub in space i thought it was trying to be logan in space but it's lone wolf and cub <laughs> uh which i think is way cooler of a premise uh, just some quick recaps, like regular television shows do. Uh, I'm your host, Diego Crespo. With me is my co-host, Gina Versa. Hey, I'm um, looking up Baby Yoda healthcare tips. A little more brief recap of this. Uh, Gene, you and I were a little mixed on the first episode. I think you liked it. I did not. I, I yeah. Yeah, I mean, I liked it enough. Yeah, I mean, I see your, uh, I saw your points. I was uh, really worried how this next episode would go. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, even though the cute baby Yoda was the cliffhanger to the, the previous episode, um, mm-hmm. a, just adorable. I, I, there's no denying that. I was yeah. like, this is the least interesting version of the series for me. And I and, think I figured out why. Hmm. The writing is not the problem. I bet on the page this would all read fine. This is a series that's going to live and die on the strength of its directors week mm-hmm. after week. And Dave Filoni's not a live-action dude. He can be. We, we mentioned that there was potential. And mm-hmm. I think the potential was realized because I really liked this episode. What did you think? Yes, I, uh, I was also really in love with this episode. And um, it's interesting that this story... It reminds me of... Um, you know what it reminds me of? Uh, the Gendy Tarakoski Star Wars from 2003. Oh, Gendy Tarakoski? Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, more playful. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of that where it's just so, like, has such patience for its action and uh, everything going around. It's not like, like, cut, 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 trying to, like, get you to places. It's just, like, letting you breathe in the moment. Yeah, it, and that's, it, uh, that was a uh, criticism I had of the, the pilot. I think this confirms my belief that I wasn't too hard on the pilot. I was a little concerned after our episode, honestly. But no, no, that was a bad episode. And be- I think it's because that episode didn't let its characters breathe. We couldn't get into the headspace of the Mandalorian. Right. We're just shown like, these quick flashes of a traumatic childhood. Yeah, even that, like outside of that, just like, the setting of the episode, because the, the coverage was very television coverage, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what he felt as a character, you know? And, like, it, I, I think that's a totally fair complaint, given that it's a character without a name and mm-hmm. a character that will never take his mask off. Things I'm completely fine with. Yeah. I'm, you, ha- I'm... you have to understand what they're feeling still, you know? Or at least what they're trying to reserve emotionally. Yeah, well, I was going to say, it was interesting in this episode. I love his... Uh... Just gradually throughout the episode, he just gets more and more, like, frustrated with everyone. <laughs> with, like, oh, I hate these Jawas and this Yoda baby. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, Nick Nolte's okay. He's cool with me. But, like, everything else, oh, I hate it. And this Rancor. He's, yeah, like, yeah. He's more pissed off that everyone's just tired and wants to just make his money. Make money. Yeah. Just, you know, I could relate to him. <laughs> I, I think... um the first episode was really torn between showing Mando as a complete, like, and total badass, or if he was just some schmuck flailing around, you know? Like, there's yeah. a big difference between the character they showed in, like, the opening scene 
And then when he's like wrestling with a, a fish monster, I don't mind him being a complete and total badass, but you got to yeah. make him interesting. And Give I don't him mind him. I don't make mind him uh, flailing around, you know, and being like not incompetent, just like struggling. And uh, this one, yeah, I felt really got it, got it down. Yeah, this one, I felt got it down better. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not the best. I think they they called him the best, or said he's like one mm-hmm. of the best in the galaxy, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think. Like, don't, like, stop doing that for characters. Oh, yeah. It's, it's uh, okay for them not to be the best. It's like, what if he's, like, the, like, he's the shittiest bounty hunter in the galaxy? Like, he just sucks and everything. <laughs> like, that's interesting. Yeah, like, like, even then, like, he doesn't need to just, like, straight up suck. Just, like, be, be a normal dude. Like, I think we're being shown that he's just a dude who's, like, trying to get by, you know? And that's interesting to me. This episode, yeah. I think, really put him in an interesting position where he's, like, Kind of lost all the stuff that made him "quote unquote" cool in the first episode. Now he's like, ah, I got to deal yeah. with all this shit. Like, you, yeah, that was really that's a funny premise, you know? Yeah, yeah, he gets um, more interest, and uh, he's like Anakin, where he, instead of the Sand People, he hates the Jawas. Well, I guess they're cannibalistic. When we found out, where they just the eat. Jaw- they're not they're not cannibalistic. They're not eating can- themselves. Oh, okay. I mean, they eat like other creatures. Egg babies, and I guess it's a baby. It's a, well, it was just an egg. It was just I mean, like empty yolk egg, you know. Mm, I mean, that's not cannibalism. We we don't okay. eat each other by eating eggs. Oh, okay. Excuse me for that. Too. Yeah. <laughs> I let's let's just take it down to to what what actually happened in the episode. So we recover the Yoda baby. Um, IG Eleven is dead, but I believe he's coming back because. He's it's a robot. By, it's a robot, and it's voiced by Taika Waititi. Um, yeah, can we call the uh, can we call the Yoda baby Yoba? Yoba, okay, Yoba. We'll call him Yoba. Because everyone keeps like they keep saying like Yoda baby, and they're like, oh, is it Yoda as a baby? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, he's like nine hundred. Although just, uh, uh, I did hear a theory that I'm not totally against uh, that know. it's a it's a clone of Yoda. Mm-hmm. From the uh, for those who know the Star Wars history, from the the nefarious dealings of Sifo Dyas, who uh, uh, commissioned the clone army in the Attack of the Clones or before Attack of the Clones, and then so, you never you never met him or had any reference to him. It's just a big old plot point, except in the Clone Wars, you finally see him. Yeah, yeah, but uh, <laughs> I don't know that that totally works for that. I mean, not to not to get into a whole defensive attack of the clones, but that yeah. totally works for that movie. It's a it's that the Luke the Luke the Obi Wan stuff is like a you are mystery. Yeah, it's a yeah. noir film, which is awesome. But uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it works as like this noir underpin character. Yeah. I mean, that movie's problems is just that it has like too much going on. Like it's trying yeah. to be every movie all at once, and then yeah. the Mandalorian is just like. This is our one story. Yeah, I, I love that. every aspect of it. It's, it's like a giant movie, I would say. Oh, no, I hate I hate that shit. I want okay, TV to be TV. Okay, it's I, I'm, like I think I think this this actually succeeds at, at that. You know, like I'm tired well, of all these like streaming shows trying to be like it's a 13 hour movie. Like fuck off! I'm watching a well, TV show. Okay, Just be good. Let me, let me rephrase that. It's like one single plot line, and sometimes with uh, like Watchmen, and I love it, but I get bogged down by it. Every single storyline I have to follow, and like, uh, so the theory is that it's a clone of Yoda that was commissioned during the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. and because chronologically, 
this takes place after Return of the Jedi, and so the clones were commissioned in Attack of the Clones, or before the Attack of the Clones even, like, started, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the whole thing, is that they've been around for a while, we just didn't know, they just, the Jedi Order didn't know about it. So, there might be, like, a bigger planet play, which is kind of exciting, but also kind of a boring thing. Like, we've seen enough Star Wars be tied to that narrative already. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, yeah, I mean... It's got potential. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, there's other members of Yoda's race. I mean, there's Yaddle. He's all there for, like, two <laughs> minutes in the, a fan of Menace, so it's not unheard of that there could be another of Yoda's race out there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We just, we just, don't we just them. don't know. But uh, don't yeah, the the first little bits of this episode are just like a bunch of baby Yoba Yoba shots. Yeah, and I love so, them. <laughs> it just like it's so cute, and it just keeps wanting to like walk around, mm-hmm. and like um, there's these fun little like hints of it, like trying to like heal uh, the Mandalorian after he gets injured, and he just keeps like no, no, putting him back. Uh, and I was wondering, like, oh, are they gonna like hide that it has the force for like the entire show? And no, no. By the end, we find out that is not the case. Yeah, but, uh, I liked how he was. He was really uh, mystified by that, you know, showing that the force isn't. Um, I guess it's like the thing Han Solo says in the New Hope. It's seen as a, a weird religion sort of thing. No one really believes in it around this time, and still, even with uh, with Luke. Which uh, people were, uh, I think, complaining about in Force Awakens that no one believed in the Force. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I totally buy it in Force Awakens. You know, mm-hmm. it's like uh, it's a bigger leap to be like, oh yeah, by the end of Revenge of the Sith to beginning of A New Hope, no one believes in it anymore. Yeah, I mean, uh, look at real world religions. I don't go to church anymore. A lot of people don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I I buy it. Um, yeah, when it happens in Star Wars. In this era specifically, we haven't seen any other eras, to be frank, but I buy it because, like, the Empire is a fascist regime that's like, no, that doesn't happen. And, you know, America is basically a fascist regime. So, like, <laughs> and they're telling people, like, no, that's not what happened. And, you know, yeah. it's, it's not whether or not people will buy into it. It's that whether or not they can keep, like, shouting the lie loud enough for people to believe it, like, at a certain point. You know, if that's all yeah. people know, then what are you going to do? Yes. yes. All people here. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a, a very fun little thread. And God bless this show for not being too busy because it's really easy to do recaps about. We can kind of just yeah. talk about like broad stuff happening. Um, mm-hmm. The action. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, let's definitely talk about that because, uh, yeah, it was so much better. <laughs> so much one. better. Rick Famuyiwa, <laughs> the director of this episode. Uh, Rick Famuyiwa is a direct, the director of Dope from 2015. Uh, he was in line to do the Flash movie, uh, and one of the many people in line to do that movie, he had left the project after um, after developing it for a little while, and, uh, you know, th- things don't work out, and a, this is kind of a his curse, comeback. It's a cursed production. Uh, apparent, apparently. It's a curse of the Flash, and uh, I was going to say that, um, yeah, it would have been amazing if he did the Flash. That would have been, been like Chef's Kiss. Yeah. Um, yeah, but no, he he really steps up the action here because I think he knows how to like direct live action stuff. But like, I'm not <laughs> yeah, trying to drag Filoni. I'm not. No, really not, no, I'm, a, I'm a fan. Yeah, I'm a fan, but like, um, yeah, not uh, not 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 the strongest debut possible. Yeah, but, it was. Uh, 
Yeah, it was amazing. Um, in this, I was going to say, did you catch the Last Crusade reference? Yeah, it's kind of hard to miss. It's okay. it's just the Last Crusade bit where where uh, Indy's on the tank and the they uh, on the side of the tank and they try to like crash him into the side of a mountain. But I mean, mm-hmm. like that's fun, you know? Like yeah, that was I, I really appreciated that little like oh you, you know it's very subtle. It's not like solo where you have a random reference to Back to the Future for no reason. They did. Yeah, when I told you this before, um, I probably Han- forgot because I forgot about Solo, a movie yeah. I liked, but still. Yeah, Han Solo mentions needles in the beginning when he's with uh, Emilia Clark. Needles from Back to the Future. Oh, really? He's one of the Biff. He's one of Biff's uh, underlings. Oh, okay. the only needles in all of media, so it has to be in Ron Howard. Why not? Oh, I, I guess. Yeah, I guess he's kind of connected to that whole era. Um, yeah. No, no, yeah, big, big step up in the action. Uh, really fun to see him have more trouble with Jawas than like other mercenaries. Yeah, and like I mean, they, that's not definitely not a criticism. Like it's a really fun set piece with him scaling the side of one of the big Jawa rover things. Yeah, I forgot what they're called. Um, uh, no, yeah, no one knows. Yeah, they're like sand crawlers. They're sand crawlers. Oh, okay. Um, I was gonna say, but yeah, everyone underestimates the Jawas. They're small. You know, they they don't really have a face. No one knows what they look like. Yeah, they, have they, just, mm-hmm. they just have little eyes and they have guns and they want uh, little eggs little from, eggs, from, yeah. from other animals. And uh, Nick Nolte, uh, after the Mandalorian cannot catch up with the Jawas, who have stripped his ship of all its parts or almost all its parts to because they're scavengers and all that jazz. Um mm-hmm. Nick Nolte helps Mandalorian make a deal with the Jawas to get her stuff back, and they say they want the baby, and he's like, what the fuck? No. <laughs> They're going to eat um, the baby or something. <laughs> That's all, that was my it. thought. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> like, because uh, my, my big concern going into the entire show was like, please don't be like, this is the dark, this isn't your daddy Star right. Wars kind of it's thing, gonna, right? Yeah, it's going to be like the, the Mandalorians like, kills them after they get baby Yoda. It's like, I killed them. And the woman... And the children. No, I was worried about him giving the baby. Like in in a darker timeline where there's someone mm-hmm. who wasn't Jean Favreau who got the show made was like, I gotta give him the, the real Star Wars, you know. So if it was Zack Snyder, that didn't no, <laughs> no, because he would he he would phil- philosophize a little more. <laughs> there, like, there's why? more you know, like whether whether you dislike or like him or whatever, like he's yeah. he's always trying to get more going on in the hood he's at like, least. Yeah, he'll be and like, like honestly, my my big concern for any future Star Wars, like just for the rest of the time, is some hack coming in being like, I want to make the dark, real, gritty Star Wars, and it's like, yeah. don't don't do that. Star Wars is not that. Yeah, you know, like in that version, they give Baby Yoda to the Jawas and it gets eaten. So uh, the Mandalorian has to go hunt to find this little egg, and he takes the Baby Yoda with him. And at first, I was like, that's weird, but then I just thought, like, oh, this dude doesn't trust anyone, and that's like his livelihood at the moment, the Baby Yoda. Yeah. So that makes sense to me. You know, he's like, oh, I'm the most capable person here, said the person who just got beaten up by a bunch of Jawas. And so he finds the big monster in a cave because he's supposed to steal its egg. And there's a fun little Flash Gordon style like battle sequence where he's got to like try to outmaneuver this thing. He's got to push the baby away to safety. And this entire episode, the, the Yoba is trying to uh, heal the Mandalorian, just, you know, do some little force stuff, uh, mm-hmm. which I guess is intrinsic to that that um that culture or that uh species right the, that yeah. intrinsic tie to the force and um 
And after like a rigorous beatdown where it looks like he's gonna have the Mando's gonna have to make a last stand with a little pocket knife, an image I really liked, mm-hmm. by the way. Uh, just like the image of some dude not giving in to like the fight and just yeah. having like put up this little last stand. Mm-hmm. Um, he is saved by Yoba when he lifts the the space beast and uh, lets the Mandalorian get the, the killing stroke. And then the Yoba mm-hmm. is asleep for the rest of the episode. Yeah, that was what was your reaction to the Force revelation? Mm, um, I mean, I was I was kind of anticipating that, to be honest. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think we all the episode wasn't shying away from it. I'm just saying, like, yeah. what did you feel when it finally happened? Oh, um, well, I felt that uh, I I really wanted to uh, it really showed the power of Baby Yoba and um, gave you a bit more hints of what to come. So just a, uh, a little more mystified by what's gonna go, what's gonna come next. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I actually felt a lot during this, and as someone who again was just really bored in the first episode, I was like, "Where was this show? This is like really good." Where is <laughs> <You know>? the show? <laughs> yeah, like I, this was show? like exciting like, stuff. Like I felt something. Uh-huh. There. I was like, "Oh yeah, the Force is cool. Star Wars is cool." <laughs> um, the Force is cool. Uh, uh, like, yeah, yeah, I just really liked I it. Yeah. Uh, and we we get to see the the animal egg, and at first it looks like he's gonna have to carve through like some f- fluffy thing to get the egg. And then I was like, oh no, that is the egg. And then he pulls it up, and mm-hmm. it's just this this furry egg. And it's like it's so simple of like a change from what we understand to be reality, but mm-hmm. it's it's just a fuzzy egg. It's an egg that's fuzzy. It's basically like if a kiwi was an egg instead of a fruit, you know? A kiwi? Yeah. That's really, I don't know. I just really liked it. Like, it's very simple, uh, but it's very weird. <laughs> yeah, it has a, the uh, art design for it. Really well done. Yeah, yeah. The, the production design for the show is uh, is pretty dang impressive mm-hmm. at this point. Um, would, you eat that, would you eat that egg, though? I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like, what? I guess if, like, someone delivered it and was like, hey, you want a fuzzy egg? I'd be like, I, I guess so, yeah. I, I guess I do. Okay. I yeah. I mean, I don't, I, would, I, I don't know if I would eat it. I would just like keep it. Like, what is that? Oh, it's my fuzzy egg. Mm-hmm. That's it. I think I would eat it like cardboard. <laughs> Jesus, it's. I mean, it's so big. That's like you, you, you're you're opening like a restaurant with that egg. You know, mm-hmm. like that's a breakfast buffet kind of deal. Yeah. That's a hotel buffet kind of deal right there. So mm-hmm. uh, just just be wary. Don't let that go to waste. I I won't. Thank you. Uh, and so the Mandalorian goes back to the, the Jawa camp, um, gives him the egg. Nick Nolte was vouching for them to stay a little longer because he believed in the Mandalorian. I don't know if I still buy the connection between those characters, like their meeting, but I buy it like once they've started their journey together. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just I just like this weird little image of like the Mandalorian uh, who's like kind of been co-opted by like the edgier Star Wars fans, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's just hanging out with a baby Yoda and these weird little tiny aliens. Yeah. It's it was, so cool. <laughs> it was a nice it was a nice image. And then just kind of the comedicness of Nick Nolte's character every time he talks, I have spoken. Yeah, yeah. He just doesn't wanna if when he, I'll I'll have to end conversations like that. Like when I'm networking and like I already gave my card to someone and they keep talking, I have spoken and just walk away. <laughs> I, that'll end great. 
Uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> maybe, this, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, maybe. There are other Star Wars fans out there. Yeah. Yeah, it's not Star Trek, you know. <laughs> uh, and uh, when, when the Mandalorian asked him to, or asked Nick Nolte's character to stay on the ship with him, uh, and he was like, no, nah, I've done my bit. Like, I've, I've uh, tried to escape my life of servitude. Um, but then, like, in the sentence prior, he was saying, like, how he was his guest, so he serves him. I was like, this is, this show keeps doing that. It was really yeah. bad in the first episode where there was, like, contradictory statements right after each other. Mm. So I hope that they, they kind of clean that up as they go along. Yeah. Some uh, of the logic. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little, I don't know if I buy into all of it, you know? Just, uh, uh-huh. Tighten that up a little bit. It's not a deal breaker for me, for sure. Uh, and this is, I think, just further proof that yeah, this is a this is going to be a director show where John Favreau is going to get a bunch of like people to hang out and just make little Star Wars episodes. And I think that's really great. Yeah, so, and it seems like there's enough room to have them like show their own style and their own um, their own signature in it. It really feels like that, you know, like Rick. Famu uh, has like you know shows his uh, shows his style. Dave Filoni shows no style. And, like we'll hey, see he, if he can totally else. get there. He could totally get there. <laughs> it's gonna be the rag on Dave Filoni. Hour. And I, I like him. I like Dave Filoni too. Like I want him to sketch me a little with all cat and be like, I didn't say that. It's John Favreau. He's directing an episode. Am I wrong? Or? He's not directing any this uh, season. He's directing okay. some next season because this is already like season two is already in production. So, okay. I mean, um, I, I'd be really interested to see what he's he's gonna he's gonna do next season. Actually, if yeah, because like mm-hmm. like what what is uh what what could they even like do? Was my big concern like to keep the show going, but yeah. then but then it kind of you know hits you that like oh yeah this is like. It's a really simple show. It's so simple yeah. that basically it can go in any direction, mm-hmm. and be, it would I'd make be, sense. I would be happy with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, I just really want to highlight that I'm glad that, uh, like, at least from this episode, it feels like like it's it's just going to be a little standout showcase for mm-hmm. people's talents to work with budget and and cool like stuff that they wouldn't be able to work with on a regular budget like i think dope the movie cost like maybe five million dollars probably less that's that's being that's being generous yeah like it's a it's a very low budget movie it's a very good movie and i would recommend everyone check it out i think we'll just try to do that every time a director comes in we could recommend some stuff that uh, they've done maybe we'll just get some highlights yeah Yeah, maybe that'd be kind of fun that'd Uh, be awesome along with other guests of our own which will be coming onto our show so we're excited to talk about that um and what what comes next? All right, so Gene, what do baby Yodas eat? I well, I mean, they eat frogs, obviously. I think they eat like the stew that Yoda was making in Empire, whatever that was made out of, like snakes and shit on Dagobah. <laughs> um, they probably eat snakes, like Yoda eat, and maybe they eat little... reptiles. Maybe yeah. they eat reptiles then. Yeah. Yeah, uh... I think Yoda. I was gonna say, I think Yoda eats like roots in like Empire. And some like he's chewing on some some root of some something. No, uh, yeah, I I think Yoba and Yoda are just uh, they, they eat reptiles. They're they're carnivorous, a carnivorous species, and uh, they like the slimy stuff. I think that's mm-hmm. my theory. So yeah. each episode I mean, we're gonna try to figure out like something that Yoba eats. We're gonna try mm-hmm. to come up with a little Yoba cookbook mm-hmm. by the end of this. Hopefully that that works out and doesn't blow up in our faces horribly. Like, I, I hope not. <laughs> Cooking with Yoda. Uh, 
Yeah, I feel like that was cooking with Yoba. I feel like that was there was already there's probably some merch of that, like a Yoda cookbook. Rick McCollum probably authorized during his era a Yoda (laughs) cookbook. It was like all the merch after Phantom Menace. It's one of those has to be. Yeah, that that makes sense. Um, We didn't talk about it last time, but I really love the animated end credits. Oh, yeah, those are very stylistic. I love that. Yeah, I I think it's like this is my my um, theory is that it's just concept art that they were doing for the episodes and stuff like that. Right. And they're kind of just because it kind of reminds me of the old uh, Star Wars concept art. But uh, a little a little different, obviously, it's different, different artists because mm-hmm. um, we lost the great Ralph McQuarrie. So we don't uh, obviously yeah, he's not yeah. around to yeah, uh, share any more concept art. Mm-hmm. So uh, R.I.P. But uh, this this stuff is really fun. And it's kind of just like highlighting sequences of the episode. And uh, the last one is just the baby Yoba uh, walking to the ship with the Mandalorian onto another adventure in a galaxy mm-hmm. far, far away. Are they just vibing? They're literally just vibing. Uh, do you think it would be a spoiler to make the image for this episode Baby Yoba? No, I don't think so. Uh, like, I'm just, already... I feel so bad for people that aren't in the States, you know? And they're like, they don't get Disney Plus to like March. And it's like, <laughs> this is, oh, even man. like when I saw that episode, that was genuinely kind of a fun surprise to get. So like, how far do yeah. I go with that, you know? Because I know other people for sure aren't going to be that respectful. Hmm. I mean, the, uh, yeah, I mean, those poor, those poor, those poor fans, they're very, uh, Disney's really fucking them over. Yeah. I, Disney I don't know, like, everyone over right now, so. Yeah. I'm not sure. All right. It's I think I might fault. just do it. I'm sorry, everyone. Uh, it's a good, it's, it's, okay. it's, it's a good episode. It was a good episode. Yeah. Though. And I'm really looking forward to what comes next instead of being like, please be good, <laughs> which is a nice feeling now. Yeah. It was going to be a frustrating six more weeks. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it would have just been frustrating because, you know, the first episode you could talk about whatever, basically, even if it wasn't mm-hmm. good. And uh, But now it looks like there's actually stuff to talk about. So, Gene, yeah. what is your perception of the Mandalorian character this episode to wrap things up? Yeah, I, um, I'm very much intrigued by Pedro Pascal's character. Once you see what his whole deal is, he has more personality in this episode. This was a fun episode. Uh, it really had me engaged. It was only like 36 minutes, so I always appreciate any long series TV that's short and doesn't feel short, which it didn't. Um, I, I loved all the little uh, nods. to. La- I love that nod to Last Crusade. That had me guessing. And um, yeah, pretty excited. I was just going to say, um, it was cool to see inside the sand crawler the Jawas ride. It reminded me of the Simpsons gag where that really tall guy is in that like really small like Volkswagen. Like that was man- the Mandalorian in their sand crawler. It's just like he doesn't fit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was really fun. That was yeah, a like, fun to, gag. To see him play like wanted, that. I wanted to point that out because that was funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I really gotten into this show from this one episode anything could happen uh, I, I don't think it's like like uh, fantastic or like must watch television but I'm glad I'm tuning in now mm-hmm. so I would like to see this trend continue I would like to see where the series goes because I think it has still infinite potential uh, yeah. I like the lone wolf and cub vibes I mean just the image of like this mercenary and a forced baby is is just so 
goofy and cool mm-hmm. and, and weird, and I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm all about it right now. Yeah, so, I can't wait till Carl Weathers interacts with the baby. They'll make oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's gonna I? What's gonna happen with the baby now? Now I'm interested. Now I care. Um, mm-hmm. So thanks for joining me again, Gene. This has been Cantina Hangouts. I've been your host, Diego Crespo. Where can the people find you? Gene nine eight nine two, Twitter, Instagram. And you can find me at Twitter at the Diego Crespo. Check out everything on the Waffle Press, on Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, Patreon, where you can support us for doing this show and a lot of other stuff that we do because I think we're pretty good at it and we have a lot of fun here. And we hope you have fun too. Not just watching The Mandalorian, but watching and listening to us. So thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We have been professionally unprofessional.